now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I'm excited. Did you start having the paranormal experiences first and that what led you into becoming a naturopathic doctor and healer or is it vice versa? No, um, you're right. It happened first. It happened when I was uh, very young. I really don't know anything else. I really kind of take offense to the word uh, paranormal because all fire creation spirits, all sentient beings to me um, have these abilities. I am not special. I just came in with a, a memory or a higher awareness for whatever reason, uh, you know, whether that was my own soul or whether that was, you know, something else allowed that. And so I'm really, really happy. Although I wasn't always happy <laughs> because some of the abilities I had were very strange and did not fit well, as you probably heard a million times within my very religious, very normal 3D family. So that started first and I kind of navigated my way, you know, through that and we can talk about that. But, you know, the naturopathic part didn't come in play I'm just going to be honest, Jeff, all my life, I've had a high level of anxiety and a low level of depression. So I wasn't a very happy child. I wasn't a very happy teenager and I wasn't a very happy adult. And when I had my babies, uh, that happiness turned into postpartum depression. And then I'm, I always say I'm a very slow learner because I have four children. So I'd crawl out of one postpartum depression and then I'd have my next baby and crawl into another. So then my life became even let's just say straight and, uh, you know, almost, you know, sometimes in even postpartum psychosis, really horrible depression with the babies. And um, so I decided I didn't want to live like that. I was tired of being, you know, low level depressed. I was tired of being anxious and we take for granted the internet, but you know, it hasn't always been, you know, available to us the way it is. And, you know, it was just becoming big. And one day I typed in alternative, solutions for depression. And this sounds so dumb. I didn't even know there were alternative solutions for depression and anxiety other than medication. Um, and so it's like a, the sky opened and I started uh, studying as an herbalist. I became an international herbal uh, columnist, really good at herbal medicine. I was married at the time and it was taking over our family life because I was so intuitively good at it, just kind of naturally good at natural medicine. People like strangers from all over Ohio would start calling me and they'd be like, my aunt's brother's cousin's sister told me that you might be able to help so-and-so. And so I'd help them for free. And um, I am thankful to my ex-husband for this one thing. He said, you know what, if you're going to take time away from the kids and the family, let's make some money at this. So I started formally practicing and then I went back and got advanced you know, degrees and um, eventually had four clinics in Columbus, Ohio, uh, in-person clinics. Uh, and now I practice exclusively online. So that's kind of the short story of how you know, the paranormal really had nothing to do with that. You know, it's just a, that's the kind of the essence of who I am uh, naturally, I guess. How are you helping people with anxiety? Was that like with herbal remedies or what? Interestingly enough, yes. I was a pretty standard naturopathic uh, doctor, herbalist. Um, I used to joke, you know, I'd send people out with grocery bags of, you know, $500 worth of supplements. I became very good at applied kinesiology or muscle testing. Um, and so of course that helped narrow things down, but there was really low patient compliance. And so, um, 
one day someone told me there was this woman, she had no degrees and she lived in the back hills of Ohio, two hours away from me. And she had this machine and I'm like, I'm up for anything. So I drove two hours to see this woman with no formal education, less than I had at the time. And she started testing me with this biofeedback device. And I heard this voice in my head that said, one day you will own one of these machines and you will help thousands of people. And I eventually ended up having two machines. And now I actually have, you know, apps that we use on our, you know, phones and our tablets, you know, that we don't have to carry around these big machines anymore. We, we have, you know, frequency medicine right on our tablets and our phones. So that was very magical. It radically changed my life because I went into energy medicine. And so now, you know, energy medicine is so affordable comparatively to prescribing or, you know, suggesting people use, you know, thousands and hundreds of dollars of supplements. So yes, I did help people a lot with herbal medicine. And then I went to homeopathic medicine. And now I've kind of come back to a mix of both. So I use frequency uh, healing tracks as well, you know, musical tracks with frequencies embedding in them, the raw frequencies. And then I also still recommend, uh, you know, supplements and herbs, but it's very, very individual uh, alternative medicine. It's not, you know, for diabetes, you take this and for anxiety, you take this, because what I learned was you and I may both have anxiety, but it's for totally different reasons. And then we do genetic testing. And it's so beautiful that we're allowed now to know what, which of our genes, our SNPs are turned on. So some of us, I learned that I was prone from birth to anxiety and depression, and it can be mitigated. So from the time I was 43, I'm 53. Now my life radically changed. I've never had a day of depression, you know, since I was 43 and you know, corrected my genetic abnormalities. So for me, my answer was correcting my genetic weaknesses, but for other people, it could be, you know, just, you know, stress or not enough sleep or who knows what, you know, a million things. So how do you diagnose? I don't really like to use that word, but how do you differentiate what the person needs, whether it's energy healing or herbs or what? Right. I love that question. And, and of course, Let's be clear. I do not diagnose. Mm -hmm. um, you actually diagnose. So this is the beauty. See, I'm not allowed to diagnose, but you're allowed to diagnose yourself all day long. So the program that we have is, uh, I call it benevolent quantum AI. And so you are a frequency tower. You're a radio tower that broadcasts everything that's going on in you. People think that we even hold our memories, even of past lives. We think we hold them in places in our brain. We don't. We hold them in our energy field. So this quantum technology is able to read the frequencies that you're broadcasting, whether it's emotions, programming, thoughts. Um, it can tell anything. Relationships, past life memories. Uh, what spirits are around you, what vitamins you need, what minerals you're deficient in, you know, diseases that are for, I mean, anything. Obviously, there's a lot going on in your energy field, your brain and your body. And this technology can read 100% of it. So there's nothing we can't know about you. As a matter of fact, when I start talking and doing scans on people, they're like, oh, that's so interesting. And I'm like, well, please shut me up because I can talk for the next 80 hours and tell you things about yourself. Did you know? and things you don't know. So I call myself the lazy psychic, even though I have really high level and I'm a really good psychic. I used to merge with people and get the information. And now I just let the machine, the AI do the work. So it makes me look really good though, because it's hundred percent accurate. Is this the same thing as what you call the aura scan? Yes. The aura scan is actually, um, 
one percent, a half percent of you know what the technology can do. It's kind of the entry point. I always start with our scan because it kind of presents your your both your overall energy of what's been going on with you plus your energy today. And it, it's a nice place to start with people to tell them, well, actually I pulled your RHF and I saw that you're uh, shockingly, your audience isn't going to be shocked by this. Uh, you're a you know natural communicator, of course, you know, and also um, you actually have some healing ability too. So uh, that's what your Ara told me. You're basically mostly green. I'll send it to you off air. Also, you had a little anxiety in your Ara, interestingly enough. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we all have our own stress and stuff from day to day life as well as it even could be just anxiety about making sure this recording goes off well. That is true. We had some glitches too. So uh, I was a little anxious myself. <laughs> I've been checking out your YouTube channel. And by the way, what is the name of your YouTube channel? Is it just with, with your name? It's Secret to Everything. Secret to Everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so great because I, I think on one of your YouTube videos, you talk about the secret to everything. So what is the secret to everything? You know, it's funny. I love being asked that. I used to say, if you'd asked me five years ago, I would have said frequency. And frequency is actually a huge secret to everything because even in the mall, and that's why I love what I do because it's not just good for 3D in this life, but uh, the multiverse, anywhere you go, source energy, everything's frequency based, light, sound, color, frequency. So I'm good for the next eternity, which is awesome, you know, in my specialty. But now I actually say something different because, you know, I've matured and learned. I, the secret to everything is remembering who you are and your abilities and your power. That's the secret because we don't care about everybody else. We actually care about our experience. So the secret to everything is really remembering who you are and, you know, tapping into your abilities. And then the secondary secret to everything is understanding this reality. And I think those two things are lacking in most people. So when you're saying remembering who you are, are you saying that we should remember that we're eternal spiritual beings? There you go. Oh, there I love go. it. Yeah. And bigger than that, not as religion kind of, you know, more, you know, a lot of us are the gods, you know, a lot of us are the, when I say the gods, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a God. I don't mean that. I mean, you know, you are Zeus. And you are ISIS. And, and that's hard for us to comprehend. And one thing I say to my students is, and, I, and I'll use this as an example. What if you knew 100%, no holds barred, and you totally believed it, and you embodied that you were Zeus, the God, and you could open up the history books, including the ones under the Vatican, the real ones, and read about these powerful feats and you know all the things you did how would that change your life? It would absolutely radically change your life. But here's the truth, Jeff. We are those beings. We are the powerful ones and the leaders in history. We are the gods. We are, we have been in Lemuria. We have been in Atlantis. You know, some of us were hybrids. You know, some of us were mermen and mermaids and all kinds of creatures. I mean, we've had trillions some of the older souls years of these experiences and wisdom and lives and it's all there just because we've been memory wiped in this game doesn't mean we don't carry these powers and these abilities and this experience and this wisdom and if you can remember and start to awaken that fire and that passion you can beat this game you you can start creating your reality which is what they don't want you to remember so that's the secret the secret is you can win at life and you can enjoy it 
and you can even start to prepare for your next life because you are an eternal spiritual being, as you said. You mentioned abilities. Can you give us any tips of how to increase our own psychic abilities? You know, the, the first, the baby step is believe you have them. Believe you have them. When you watch a medium or you watch a psychic or you watch someone who can communicate with spirits, if you came over to my house, I could teach you in one day how to communicate with spirits, all kinds. I could teach you how to see Bigfoot Dogman the play. I could teach you how to see her dimensionally. I could, uh, I could teach you a lot of things. Um, why? Because you already have that in you. It's not that I'm the best you know, teacher. It's because it only takes a little guidance and a little uh, you know, opening your, your vision, opening the possibility. A lot of what holds us back from activating our psychic abilities is the programming, you know, including like the word paranormal. It's not normal to see. It's not normal to talk to, you know, Sasquatch. It's not normal to see fairies in your house, but I'll tell you a great experience experiment and it'll be completely normal to you. It may be a little startling, Mm -hmm. um, but I've never had anyone do it where it's failed. You go in your room at night and uh, you leave your hallway light on, or if you have an ensuite bathroom, your bathroom light on and you shut the door and you turn off all the lights in your bedroom, which most people would normally do. And you lay there a couple minutes, relax your eyes, you know, don't go to sleep. Um, and when you're ready, get out your phone or your tablet, your smartphone or your tablet or your camera or your video camera. And just for five minutes, record under the crack of your door. You will learn that you can definitely see beings that you were not aware that were in your house. All right, let me. Let me- there will be beings. People, little beans moving under your door. Let me stop you there and see if I got this right. So you are in your bedroom, the lights are off. Let's say you're your master bedroom, and then you turn on your master bathroom light. So the lights on in your bathroom, but the mm-hmm. door's closed. Now you take yes. your phone and you putting your phone under your bathroom door and and filming inside you don't even the bathroom. Have to. You just put it with a crack. You know, the builders, the builders, you know, well, for the door to open, you have to have a crack under your door. Everybody has a crack under their bathroom door, bedroom door, you know, whichever. Mm -hmm. So you're filming the crack with your phone. You don't even have to get off your bed. You don't have to put your phone up close. You're filming the crack. You're filming the the light coming out from under the door. Yep. And then make sure if you have dogs or cats, you know, make sure they're with you or closed off. So there's no wife or husband or sister brother saying, oh, that's just your dog or that's just your cat. Mm-hmm. No, make sure, you know, your, your room's clear, your bathroom or your hall's clear, but you all have beings, big beings, small beings, ghosts, human discarnates, evil spirits, good spirits, and the interdimensionals really like to come close in the house. Sometimes, you know, the and, and they're not all Sasquatch. We tend to lump them all together, but these beings like to come in the house and hang out. Some are very benevolent. Some are healers. But um, yeah, that's a good way to start awakening that it is normal, that you do have abilities and that it's easy for you to see. And maybe you can't see with your eyes. But one thing you can do after you do that is then remove the phone. Can you still see? Most people can. It's very empowering, Josh. Mm. So is it like that just that little bit of light within the dark room kind of illuminates the beings and your camera picks them up? 
it eliminates the beans and the beans literally, you know, every bean and every group of beans have their own personality, but these beans are very mischievous and they just love, I mean, they'll be in your room too, but uh-huh. they just love to crawl under the door to look under the door to peek. And uh, some of them, you know, they're not, I mean, I have beans in my house that tell all my pictures. So sometimes they want to see if you're asleep so they can go do their prankster mischief because a lot of them are house fairies or people call them house gnomes. Mm -hmm. It's so funny we're talking about this because I'm actually going to be uploading a video, an interview I did with Morgan Demler. She's real interesting. She's written like 27,000 books about uh, fairies and legend and lore. And we all know from childhood and fairy, hello, fairy tales, fairy tales. Right. Fairies are very much a, a part of, you know, a lot of cultures. You don't happen to have like a photograph of one that you can send me and I can put in this video, do you? Of course I do. Oh, that would be amazing. I have a class A picture. Now, I think he's in the fake category. I would call him a little person because in North Carolina where I live, little Mm. people uh, are associated with the fae and they're very big. But I have a warrior, I think a class A photo of a warrior little person that came when I first moved in this house. He stood outside my back door for three days on my security camera and the security people said that is a person. They verified. I called the security company and they verified it proportionally as a person, because it came across, you know, there's a person in your side yard. And I said, why did this say there was a person? And they said, because it met the standard for head and shoulders, even though it's little, it has the human uh-huh. proportion. So it's wow. amazing. So I'll send that to you. All right. Well, I need to move on a little bit. Since you're telling us about seeing beings, can we also then communicate with our friends and family that have passed over? And if so, how? I love that you asked that. I think one of the common misconceptions, and and I've even done it when I was younger, which is so funny now, you know what I know now, but a lot of us, you know, love our pets. I know you have pets, I have pets, and we're very grieved when we lose a pet. We're very grieved when we lose grandma or sister, or brother, or loved one. And um, we wish we could communicate with them. So sometimes we go on the internet, you know, pet medium, medium, uh, you know, we're desperate. I've had people contact me desperate. Uh, to talk to their mother. I had a little girl who was a teenager that lost her mother to cancer. And I don't even know why she wrote me because, you know, like I told you, I don't advertise those skills, but she wrote me and she's like, can you contact your mother? And I never promise. Here's why I never promise. This is a fault, a double false assumption. So we assume we can't directly talk to them sometimes that we need that channel or someone else that can do it. But we also assume the person we're trying to contact with, including our pet wants to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Now, Even if you had the most amazing relationship with your grandma, let's say, maybe grandma was around close by for two weeks or so, and she, you know, making sure everything's okay. She's giving you the signs, butterflies, birds, you know, flowers, you know, all those things that people see, which is often their loved ones giving them signs. But then grandma says, you know, I'm going to this vacation planet that I've had planned for, you know, eons to meet up with one of my soulmates and my friends. Grandma may not want to come back this second, this minute. She might be busy, you guys. She might be in a spaceship fighting a battle against aliens. Grandma may not be available. So unlike other mediums, this is why I don't practice as a medium, because if I practice as a medium, I never take your money until after, because 
just because grandma passes or your dog, you know, Joey passes or your best friend passes, doesn't mean they become a generic person like at your beck and call. They're still exactly the same being that they were before. They have their own free will and their own agenda. But all that being said, um, it's funny, this little girl asked me on Facebook and I started to type no. As I started to type, no, Jeff, her mom appeared next to me. And I'm like, well, okay, what do you want to know? She's here. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool. I didn't charge her anything. Um, But it was so cool because this girl, teenage girl, was broken. She just lost her mom. And they had this whole conversation about college and her boyfriends. And it was just so cool being that medium, you know, for the mother. Because the girl did not have those. She has the abilities They just weren't activated or turned on. So I would much rather encourage you to speak to your loved ones. And you know what? I'm not a big Bible fan, but the Bible says we have not because we ask. So the first step in communicating with anything, whether you want to see spirits in general, or whether you want to see Sasquatch or Dogman or the fairies, or speak to your dog or your cat or your bird or your loved ones, ask, will you please come tonight? or this week, you know, broaden it. Uh, Will you please, you ask, you don't demand, uh, you don't do an incantation and a spell, you ask, will you please come? Could you leave me a sign? And guess what? You don't have to have the sign established from before they died. You can make a new sign. You can say a bird feather. Could you drop a bird feather in my past sometime this week or this month? And I'll know that you heard me and that we're connected. And then, and then that gives you confidence. Once you receive that bird feather, then you're like, wow, maybe there's something to this. And uh, you can say, could you come in my house? And again, sometimes this is a whole thing with all supernatural gifts and all communication. We need to have this space and time and quiet and silence and in our life to connect and hear and listen. Um, most spirits don't have the ability, some do, uh, to move violently physical items or to project their voice into this reality. So you have to have that space to hear. Oftentimes, I've seen clients where their loved ones are coming every night, but they can't hear. They're too busy you know, with this and that and stressing and running around. So that's where meditation and developing these spiritual habits of building silence. When we do scans on people, the spirit and the body and the mind is asking for at least I'm afraid to program anything higher. Four hours of silence a week. It's asking for at least 10 hours alone in nature. I live in the middle of the woods, Jeff, and I don't do 10 hours alone in nature. I don't even have to get in my car and drive to a park. So there's something with this development, both with communication with our loved ones and our pets. um, And even people talk about soul family communication. You know, we have these channels that channel these alien groups. You don't need to have a channel or channel alien groups. First of all, it helps. We can tell you who your soul families are. And then you ask, you ask them to come and help you. You ask them to heal you even. You ask them to advise you because people say the Tower of Babel was a confusion of languages. The Tower of Babel wasn't a confusion of languages. The Tower of Babel was an introduction of language. Your natural ability in the higher dimensions and densities, the all the ETs communicate with no words. They can use words. I'm not saying they can't talk. It's mind-to-mind communication. 
So you can speak to your loved ones or you can speak in your mind. You can talk to them all day at work. You can be working, doing your job. You can be a lawyer, doctor, whatever. And you can be talking to grandma um, or, or whoever you want to, whatever being you want to that is not physically on this planet or someone on the other side of the planet. So we're just not taught how. We're just not. We're, it's programmed out of us. When you're asking them, should you say it out loud or you can just do it within your mind? Well, they're, most of them are way out of the astral, which is the fourth density there. So you can just do it in your mind. I mean, even I sometimes say things out loud and I have clear communication with most beings. Um, but often I'll lay in bed. You know, that's a good time to start this practice. If you don't have time or you're already not meditating, it's a good time when, you know, Hopefully you've stopped somewhat when you're laying in bed, you're starting to wind down, starting to relax, starting to clear your mind. You can just lay in bed and speak out loud or think out loud. That's all it takes. Um, most of the time, if you really did have as close a relationship as you think, um, they will make an effort to make contact as soon as they can. But you have to realize we just have these false assumptions from watching TV and movies and these books. And it's not true. We think just like angels, people think, which is a whole nother twisty subject, <laughs> but um, people think Angel Michael, come visit my house. Well, okay. How many people are on the planet calling Angel Michael? Like, mm-hmm. why is he coming to your house instead of their house? And what's the priority list? Even if there is, and there is possibly an Angel Michael, we won't get into that. But even if there is, um, why does he have to come just because you call? He doesn't. So all these teachings that we can summon these beings that are individuals and have free will is false. You know, all angels are not the same. All Sasquatch are not the same. All ghosts are not the same. All demons are not the same. I don't know why we're not taught that these beings are individual. The quicker you will learn to relate to the spirit world or the unseen world as individual, you're going to have exponential progress in your communication and ability with them. Has any of these beings from the other side told you what happens to people after they die? And if so, what happens? That's interesting. Absolutely. Well, the first thing we all need to know is, again, and I already said it, if I pass in the next 60 seconds, I'm still going to be this wild, crazy, and annoying me. Nothing changes. You don't become Mother Teresa. You don't become Jesus. You don't become Mother Mary. You don't become Buddha. You're still you, sorry, you know, with all your whatever. Um, <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately, that's the way it is. And it's the same thing with them. Um, now, time doesn't really exist. It only exists in the game in 3D. So you have to also remember, and that's why we have to be sensitive with time. Uh, when you're speaking to these other beings, they're in no time, non-time, a lot of them in the upper densities. So and that we can get into the soul trap and things. So depending who you are and your frequency that you're at and your level of consciousness determines, okay, I'll give you an example. My parents, my dad's a pastor. My parents believe they're going to heaven when they die. They believe that. Well, we create our own reality. This is a game. The way the game works is we program the reality. We program it micro and we program it macro. So my parents have programmed themselves through many years that they're going to heaven. They hope you know, fingers crossed, uh, when they die. Interestingly enough, have you seen the picture of the heaven ship? I can send it to you. There's actually mm-hmm. a heaven ship in orbit above NASA. It's a NASA picture and it's a heaven ship. 
And if you read the Bible, which again, not a huge fan, just have to say that. But if you read the Bible, it talks about the crystalline structures. And when you see this ship, kind of matches the description of the Bible. So I believe that my parents will probably, because of their programming and their belief, will probably go to the heaven ship with all the other people that believe they're going to heaven. However, me, rejected religion three years ago, happily, um, does not want to go to the heaven ship. And this is what we're not taught. Now, the Eastern cultures, if you study their beliefs, are way ahead of us on this. Here's where you go when you die. If you're conscious, wherever you want. So if I want to become a dog and reincarnate back here, I'm going to become a dog. If I want to create a planet, we're infinite powerful beings. We're source energy. I'll create a planet and live there. If I want to go hang out on an island for 500 years and have my daughters, when they come over, remember there's no time. So a day there, you know, my daughters could live a hundred years here, but I could live a day on my island and my daughters will be joining me. If they choose again, if they choose, or you can create uh, avatars much like this game and have kind of, uh, that's a whole messy thing, but um, that gets in the Sims clones and holograms, but so you go wherever you want it, it, you know, some of you have soul family because you then, and it's also funny. People are like, what's my soul family. I'm like, which one, if you want to use earth terms, you're trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of years old. You haven't just had one soul family. You've been a Turian, you've been animals, you've been trees, you've been planets. You've been with many, many races. I mean, my most recent race is cetacean. So there's a cetacean ship um, that, I have loved ones on, and I didn't used to think I'd go there, but I'm planning on, I'm a healer, uh, and I've been a healer through many years, and I'm known throughout the multiverse, so I'm probably going to go back on my ship and do some healing missions with them. That's what I'm right now, and I can change my mind, but I encourage people, if they don't know where they want to go or what they want to do, to create a temporary safe holding place, um, because there are other races, as you probably know, there's Dracos, there's Reptilians. And they love beings with no memory that are infinitely powerful source energy. And they love to snatch them up and harvest them and use them. So we do have a little, not big into having to have protection, but there's some danger out there. So that's why it's best for you to now, while you're alive, decide where you're going. And we're not taught that. Have you ever heard anyone say you get to decide where you go where when you die? I mean, that's not taught in religion. Maybe you've heard people say that, but. I think it's super exciting. So start to get creative and think about who you want to be with, who you want to see and what you want to do for the next. And it doesn't matter because guess what? If you don't like it, you can change your mind because you're an infinite being. You're living for infinity. And that's how you ended up in this game because you were probably really bored. I like how you call this a game. And it's very interesting that you said bored because I've had two guests recently and I believe they were both NDEs that were saying they were bored on the other side. Interesting. Really? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, you have to realize there's no time and no space and you've done it all. You've seen it all. You've played both sides. It's hard for people to believe. And we see this in the scans too. Some people come in and I don't believe in karma, but a lot of people do believe in karma. And that's the thing you create your own reality. And, And we say that we say that so flippantly. But we don't realize that it applies to everything. So if you want to have karma, you have karma because you create your own reality. 
I personally don't believe in karma. So I don't have karma because we create our own reality. If you want to be religious, that's fine. You create your own reality. So you are Mormon or you are Christian or you are Methodist or you are whatever you are, you know, um, you are Buddhist. You know, personally, I like to be completely free. So I don't want to be religious. So there is the duality here makes it very, very heavy and very confusing. And it's in everything, Jeff. It's in law and it's in education and it's in medicine and it's religion because they are, they don't want to, they want to keep you in this game. They want to keep uh, using your adrenochrome. They want to keep taking your kids. They want to keep using you for secret space. They want to keep, you know, they use us 27 ways to Sunday all day long. They have advanced technology and they, and they stop time and they rewind time. And we wonder why we can't make progress in our lives. And it's so crazy here, but it's fun and it's exciting and it's challenging. So how do we win the game? Remembering who you are. That's it. I mean, it's gotten so bad. I have to tell you, maybe I shouldn't tell you. Sometimes I don't like to say these things, but I mean, it's gotten so bad. I mean, this is stupid. I'll tell you how good I am at manifesting because I understand the game and I've worked a lot on myself. I've worked a lot on my density and my shadow and, um, and, and we do, you know, need to work on ourselves because this is a frequency multiverse again, and the lower frequency the lower frequency you are, you aren't going to be as good at speaking things into density. So you have to work from a high frequency to a lower frequency uh, to speak things into existence. But I was complaining to my daughter. I'm like, I don't want to take my dogs to the groomers. I really don't. I don't feel like getting up and taking my dogs. You'll you'll understand. You have a dog that needs groomed probably sometimes. My dogs need groomed all the time, it seems. But, and I'm like, oh, whatever. So I wake up and at I said that at like nine o'clock at night, 9 p.m. at night at 12 a.m. When I got up the next morning, my dog groomer had said, I'm canceling the grooming appointments. My daughter's in the emergency room. And I'm like, crap, I did it again. And my daughter said, remember, mom, you have to put qualifiers on that. You have to say, I don't want to take my dog to the groomers, but nothing negative because the computer will just pick a scenario. It may be positive why I don't take my dogs to the groomers. And it may be something negative that happens to someone else. So I'm still careless with my words. And we need to be really careful, especially the higher frequency beings that have memory need to be very careful with our words because we do have godlike powers. Mm. Uh, and I could tell you, I mean, I was having a problem with a guy who was building my fence and uh, I was very, very angry at him. And he was giving me the runaround and being deceptive. And I was like, and finally, he called and said, I have your fence. And he came over and I was just bashing him right and left, you know, to my friends. And he showed up and I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he goes, I feel like I'm going to pass out. He said, I feel so, so sick. I'm just violently ill and I might have to go to the emergency. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay. I did it again. Like, again, when you get to a certain point and you understand the game and you remember who you are, you have to be very careful. There's two things that um, you were talking about that I've I want to talk about one. I want to know about the computer that you mentioned that kind of oversees everything. And two, what I think is fascinating is how you play the game actually affects other people. And so if someone else is playing the game, can they affect us that way in reverse? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to flip. I'm going to start with two and then we'll go to one. Um, so 
in this Kansas, one of the things we've discovered is a lot of us come in with timeline enemies. We call them timeline enemies, or we've danced with similar souls, uh, both in and outside this reality. So we come in, and again, if we don't have the memory of who they are or what happened, we wonder why things sometimes seem to keep going wrong in certain aspects of our life. And very often we come in with time people we've wronged, people, we might've killed them. We might've raped them. We might've taken their wife or husband or cheated or who knows the million ways, you know, offended them or a business deal. But, but we live these. So our spirit, our soul, as you said, infinite spiritual being is source energy and infinite source energies is just for illustrative purposes. It's even bigger than this. It's bigger than space. It's bigger than an ocean. So we have aspects of ourselves on parallel timelines. So because there's no time, every life you've lived in the past is still running now. And every life you will live in the future is still running now. And it's hard to get your head around because we have these divided brains, but everything's kind of always happening at the same time, meaning the beings that you've interacted with are also influencing your life now, both positive and negative, positive aspects of yourself, negative aspects of yourself. A lot of your audience and you, you do have clones um, in this life, this reality on this game play on this, you know, right now in real time. And uh, they are also influencing you. So yes, you're very, you know, we're all one, we're all consciousness, we're all source energy, any sentient being, trees, animals. So ultimately we all have a proportional, some larger than others effect, you know, which is why we ended up where we are because we live really, really small. And we let the people that know the things I'm talking about, the secret societies, the cabal, the ETs, the Dracos, the reptilians, we're letting them use the knowledge I'm talking about to control and run the planet the way they want to. If there were just a few people that really knew this and practiced this, we could flip it so quick. And then now the computer, there's here, this is the whole big other thing. So the Death Star is uh, shown to us in Star Wars because that is our moon. If you want to know what your moon looks like, you don't have to argue about NASA painters or all that controversy. No, 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 no. The moon looks like a big, junky, old base spaceship. That's the moon. So it has a hol nice hologram that they put over it that you see, just like everything here is a hologram. There's nothing solid here low density appears solid, which is why we can touch it, slower vibrating frequency, but everything here is a hologram, including you and I. Um, but so the moon's, a, you know, moon's a hologram, and on that moon is an old, old, uh, 12, about 12 to 13,000, about 12,500 year old computer that runs the matrix simulation. There's also a backup computer on the sun simulator. If you go on the SeshiCams SEC HHI, you go on the session cams right now and look at the different things on one of the, I don't know which view it is, you can see the sun simulator and uh, there you can see the wings of the ship sitting on top of the sun simulator. It's always there. If it's ever not there, you should probably get ready to pack your bags and go somewhere else because probably the reality's going away. Um, but that's a backup computer that also runs the uh, matrix. But there's a very, very old 
it's so old, it's still run by like nuclear technology. So it, it's very, very old and it doesn't work very well. So a lot of the Mandela effect is the te time technology, the CERN. A lot of the Mandela effects are the glitching of this very, very old computer that's actually winding down. They're trying to upgrade it and repair it and go more into a fourth uh, density, which is good. I'll take 4D over 3D, it's better. Um, and when I say they, I mean the benevolent beings on the earth that know what's up and the positive ET groups that are starting to assist, not the Galactic Federation. The Galactic Federation um, is really not a fan of earth right now, but that's another whole chapter. Now you said something about cloned. I think you even said we're all cloned. Can you tell me more about that? If you're a fire creation spirit, uh, 100% you're cloned. I actually have family um, that gets their paycheck from cloning humans and transferring human consciousness. So that's why I know a lot about cloning um, from a very straight direct source, which is nice instead of the hearsay, you know, often sources that we have. So this is a very chilling story, but 100% true. The company Life Touched, who takes church photos and school photos, it's one of the biggest school and church photo companies in the world. Um, you have to realize these companies are owned by corporations. And when I say corporations, I don't even mean like Kraft and Hershey's and Nike. I mean the real corporations like Umbrella and Monarch. Um, that own these, you know, sub companies, but they're owned by the corporations and Life Touch is actually a clone catalog. So do you really think they give you these nice little sample pictures for free? You know how they send home uh, packets? I don't know if you guys are parents, but they send home like bookmarks of your kids and eight by tens and five by sevens and little wallet photos and their sample photos and you can buy, you don't have to buy, but they, you know, give them to you to see. Well, they do that. They actually print because the, all of those proofs go into catalogs and the elite and the ETs and the reptiles, reptilians and the dracos and other nefarious types, um, you know, they order the clones by those catalogs from church and school, not just children, adults too, but they love children, of course. So I always tell people never, ever let your kids get their picture taken in school by Life Touch because it's going to go into clone catalog. And of course, the most popular are, you know, young children, blonde, blue-eyed which unfortunately I know my children have clones and I have a lot of clones. And if you're in the secret space program, of course you have a lot of clones because they've invested trillions of dollars. And again, why, why do we have super soldiers? Why do we have secret space programs? Because they want to capture, you may not be able to remember because you signed away when you came here, unless you were captured. Most people chose to came, come here. A few people were captured, but they memory wipe you. They memory wipe us multiple times during the day. They memory wipe us multiple times during the night. They have memory wiping drugs in your food that you think is so convenient and fun that you buy at the store made by who? These corporations that are keeping you from remembering who you are in the game. So, you know, we think all this great stuff. Oh, free water from the city. How lovely. I mean, obviously we know things like fluoride, but there's a lot of things we don't know that they put in our water and our food and spray, of course, in our air uh, that keeps us numb and dumb. If we look at the big picture, what is the point of all of this? What is the point of the earth and us coming here? Experience. Um, if you're a being, uh, I know a girl, a good friend of mine, she has full memory, full memory. I had partial memory when I was a baby. She has full memory. Um, she was on a planet 
And she said it was all love. Like, you know, we're all like, oh, I wish everything would just be perfect and loving. It wasn't a really populated planet, but the beings that were there, they weren't human avatars, but they were beings. Um, It was all love and peace and joy. And she's like, eh, this is boring. Mm -hmm. And so in the multiverse, they taught, this is not the only game realm, by the way, you guys, there's many games, just like you can go to the video store, Amazon and get your games. There's many types of games realms. This is one game realm, but it's considered one of the most wicked, depressing, hard and challenging games because the number one thing you have to do to play to agree to come here, they won't even let you come and play. You agree to memory wipe. You agree to give up your God powers, give up your memory of all your lives and all the people you've loved and all the deeds you've done. Uh, and you basically agree and you don't agree to give up your abilities, but you agree to give up memory of your abilities, which makes it hard to access your abilities, even though you still have access to them. And so, you know, everybody talks about the Schumann frequency of the earth. Oh, it's the earth's heartbeat. Isn't that, that keeps the simulation. And it's been glitching because again, there's, we're being assisted uh, to break out of the game because really this was intended to be, it really wasn't intended originally to be a game realm. What was this originally intended to be by the Galactic Federation? It was originally intended to be a place to temporarily hold the Dracos and the Reptilians because they were wrecking havoc in the multiverse, just causing a lot of problems. So they trapped them here. Unfortunately, the Lyrian races, which is most of us, also got trapped here. And they're like, well, we'll come back and revisit that problem. Well, you know, 12,500 years later, we're still waiting for them to come back and revisit the problem. But it turned in in that 12,500 years into a multiverse game realm with many beings. And I have pictures of a lot of these beings because I have the ability to see them with the eyes. My camera also has the ability to strip away the human skin. So I have pictures of Dracos and other beings um, they're dressed in human clothes, but like their skin dissolves. My camera catches, you know, the being underneath. Um, and a lot, there's a few other people that have that ability I've seen too. Uh, so I get a lot of pictures of Dracos and, and other races, the reptilian races, because there's a lot of them here. Um, but the problem is the Federation was really young at the time and they underestimated the ability. They thought the reptilians and Dracos were dumber than they were. So the reptilians and the Dracos overtook the technology and kind of turned it into what, where they're in control, Cabal Corporation, Draco, Reptilian, you know, you know, all those vibes. Uh, they run the game. And, and the Lyrian race just kind of got caught with our eyes wide open. You know what's going on? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we do not control the computer. So you're saying that the Galactic Federation does not have us in their best interest, to put it lightly. Again, we think from our limited programmed perspective, you have to look and one of the signs of a higher dimensional being is taking neutrality and being able to blend with that tree and see its perspective, blend with your dog, see its perspective, blend with your kid, blend with you, blend with your client, blend with whoever, blend with your enemy, you know, blend with a Satanist or a cabal member or whoever and see their perspective, um, because that's what all the races above this dimension are able to do. Uh, so when you look at the Galactic Federation, you can't exactly say they're good or bad. However, they have conquered, I want you to listen to this number, 500 thousand plus conquered taken over planets to this date and i'm using date loosely because there's really no time um and they're very conquering they're very 
you know, the Galactic Federation is into doing what's best for other planets according to them, not according to the races or according to the planet's philosophy, but according to what has become over eons a very large, conquering, multifaceted, multi-race organization. Now, what we're finding in scans is many of you are members of the Galactic Federation right now, uh, whether that's in clone body, that, wh- whether that's your consciousness at night goes to those meetings. Uh, and a lot of you are on the councils um, to the different race councils. Uh, so a lot of you do, even though you're memory wiped, you are involved in some of these decisions. Um, but here's the Galactic Federation's current opinion of Earth. You guys are so stupid. You're not woken up. You've lived under your oppressors. How long have we lived under oppression? Rome? Russia? Germany? Now? What's happening? Now? Like, we're the god beings, you know? Some of these beings that are over us don't even have fire creation in them. They don't have godlike powers. They don't have the wisdom we have. They don't have the abilities they have. They don't have the intelligence we have. But we're just sitting here, you know, oh, okay, you know, could I have my food stamps for tomorrow? Thank you. I mean, what is, I think they're kind of right in their impression until we wake up. They say they won't support us. Now, I still have kind of a niggling doubt. I wonder if we really did rise up. I mean, really rose up and awakened. I still kind of wonder if they support us because I think they're kind of into the conquering game right now. It's kind of who they've become. And if you watch Stargate and you watch Doctor Who and you watch Star Wars and you watch Star Trek, uh, the Stormtroopers, that's your Galactic Federation. That's representative of the energy of them right now. They're very conquering and controlling. And um, who's above the corporations? I'll tell you. Mm. The Galactic Federation. If the, I'm telling you, the Galactic Federation has so many races, good and bad, to speak in duality, um, what you would consider good and bad, even though I don't see anything as good and bad, um, they could save us right now. They could stop the game, start the game, change the game, raise the game, eliminate the Dracos, loose the Dracos. They could do whatever they wanted. If they wanted to assist us, they could have assisted us millions of years ago. They don't want to assist us. They they have other bigger fish, more fun on their plate than dealing with Earth. Just let the game continue. So there are about six to seven billion people on the planet. So do you think that all six, seven billion are sentient beings? Or do you think some of them that are here are background people as Dolores Cannon talks about? Dolores and I would not be friends if she were living um, and we probably won't be friends in the future. But I do agree with her on that. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, NPCs, non-player characters. I prefer to call them Sims, um, but it's the same meeting. They're um, I would say half the people you interact with that you think are actual, even real avatars um, with or without spirit, filled or unfilled, they're holograms. They're not. Um, I have some pictures of a hologram car. I finally caught a picture of a hologram car with two Sims in it. And I was really happy I got that. And you can tell, if, especially if you can read frequency or vibration, um, you can tell that they're Sims. Uh, they have a certain feel for it. So a lot of your store clerks, a lot of your mail post office clerks, a lot of your firemen and policemen, a lot of these uh, public servant um, 
are going to be Sims. They're the background people. They're the filler people. They're the people, even your neighbors. They're the people you walk by on the street. Um, if you haven't been in every house on your street, how do you even know people live there? You don't. Uh, it could just be a hologram that comes out and interacts with you and disappears. So um, non-player characters or Sims are people that when they disappear, they don't have lives. Nothing continues. It's like when you're playing your Sims game, when you put it down, from your perspective, you know, there's nothing continues. There's no one really, you know, having a new baby or getting married or eating dinner. They just go into the computer. That's what a um, non-player character is. But then to make it even more fun and confusing, we have clones, whether they're clones of past people from 500 years ago or, um, Oh, who's that guy they cloned King Tut? He's a rap singer. I can't think of his name, but they've cloned some like heavy duty people that are walking around. And you've probably seen some of those pictures um, of some of the clones. And, and they clone them multiples, not just one. Now, clones are interesting because clones can be sentient. They can have fire creation spirits, ET races. There's no such thing as a human race. There's a lot of Lyrians that are in human avatars, but this is just a wetware base or container. Anything can be in it. And often we find a lot of things in it. We find many human discarnates in these containers. We find different races in these. Um, like I said, I was cetacean before here. So if you want to say what race am I, I would say if I came here as cetacean, I'm probably cetacean in this container. What is a human? What is a human spirit? There is no human spirit. We are all starseeds. So when you hear these people, oh, I'm a starseed. Well, so are you. So let's, let's wake up and start, you know, glorifying ourselves as, you know, I'm the only, you know, there's only 30 starseeds or a hundred starseeds or a hundred, whatever. We're all from other places. This is not, this is a game realm. This is a created realm to hold. It, was, it wasn't even created for us, you know, like the Bible says. It was actually created for the, to hold the Draco reptilians. All right. You have gave us some fascinating information and I'm running out of time. So I want to let people know how to find you. Um, we said again that your YouTube channel is called The Secret to Everything. Secret to Everything. You can type it in. It'll come up. Just type in Secret to Everything YouTube. It'll come up. Exactly. And uh, Secret to Everything. So your website is thesecrettoeverything.com? Secrettoeverything.com. And T-O is spelled out. Uh, so secrettoeverything.com. We have some free stuff in there. We need to update it. You can get in contact with me. There's a contact form. Um, there's some of my classes on there. We, it's better to get on our mailing list because we do weird things, weird times, um, um, whenever I feel like it, so, I offer scans, you know, with the quantum, I call it benevolent. Everybody's like AI, AI. So I don't like to say AI, but it's benevolent quantum technology. That's hundred percent accurate. So we offer scans. Uh, we offer my lab scans. If you always wanted to know if you were a secret, you know, in the secret space program, super soldier, if you're being abducted, we can tell you that hundred percent definitively and give you details. So it's really mm. nothing we can't tell you. So if there's anything you want to know, get a hold of us. Wow. That's all within that one scan. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? Um, well, we're having a live event. I think there's a few spaces open in Sedona, Arizona. We're going to do, um, not shockingly, if you know me, we're going to do uh, ET ship watching, of course, with, um, you know, military night vision goggles. We're going to do a lot of rituals and go out to the vortexes. I'm going to teach them how to open and close vortexes and take advantage of portal or vortex energy 
We're going to do a lot of um, work with seeing the interdimensional, you know, Sasquatch and Dogman. And uh, we're going to learn how to photograph that. We're going to have energy healing, sound healing, just a lot of stuff. That's going to be, uh, I'm calling it um, four days in the desert. So there's a few spaces for that. It's almost full. That's next November. Um, And I'm going to be teaching a really big how to release generational curses uh, psychic enemies, timeline enemies, entities, and human discarnates from your house, your possessions, your body, your life. We're going to be doing that probably February, March. Um, so if you get on my mailing list, we'll tell you about that. That's probably my next big class. Then I have monthly groups where I teach about the stuff Jeff and I talked about, uh, and you get to, you know, ask questions about it too. So, and you can buy our technology if you want. So all that. All right. Well, before we finish up here, can you leave us with one last positive message? Most people that would be attracted to watch this show, uh, we probably know each other. Uh, We probably all know each other and have danced many, many lives. And and you are super powerful. You can absolutely 100% craft and create your own reality, however you wish. Um, Activate your psychic abilities in this lifetime, in this place. Um, and you're just amazing and you're brilliant and you're eternal and there's all the hope in the world no matter what you're going through. Thank you for that message. And Dr. McGeorge, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure and I wish you the best. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure as well. All right. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.